Uh, school's over, almost over, but we do have one more pop quiz this morning. We've got four questions. If you think you know the answer, put your hand up. You get it right, come on up to the front. Question number one. On behalf of Woods Edge Community Church, what is our three-point mission statement? Anybody know what the mission of Woods Edge is? Chase. Love Jesus, journey together, and bring hope to the world. That's why we exist as a church, to love Jesus. That's our number one mission statement, to journey together, to do life together, and to bring hope to the world. Now, Woods Edge also has a five-year vision of how we will accomplish that mission. Does anybody know what that is or at least one of those points? Olivia, to make disciples. Come on up here. That's what it all hinges on, the five-year vision of Woods Edge Community Church. What we are focusing on to accomplish the mission is everybody that's part of this church is a disciple of Jesus and is making disciples of Jesus. And the other three points that come out of that are we want to be a church that witnesses, that gets to be a part of encouraging 10 movements, disciple-making movements, where the gospel's being shared and, and love is just so thick in the air and people are coming to Jesus with such regularity that we can't keep track of it. It's a movement that just goes beyond us. We want to see five of those locally. We want to see five of those internationally and several are, are already in the works. We want to be a church of ongoing revival. That's vision statement number three, that where God is just blessing us consistently and constantly and we can't take credit for how evident it is that God is moving. And as a result of those three things, that, that our city, that this area would become known as like, man, God's doing something there. And it'll draw people in and they'll want to know, how can I be a part of that? That's our five-year vision statement. It, it, the five years actually concludes this December. All right, so mission of Wood's Edge, vision of Wood's Edge. What are the two great commandments? Anybody know the two great commandments? Absolutely, come on up here. So you can clap. I, I like clap. Clapping is good. The great commandments, right? You should all have your hand up on that one. Is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, mind, etc. To love your neighbor as yourself. And then the last question. Those are the great commandments. And you might know what the great commission is. Matt. Go and make disciples. Come on up. So um, you can clap for Matt too. Everybody should get claps. All right. That's our pop quiz. Those are our four correct answers. We're going to let these guys grab prizes, which we just refreshed at Target. So there's some good stuff in here. No peeking, Chase, but T-shirt for you. Well done. Olivia, T-shirt for you. There's all kinds of stuff in here. Oh, my God. What do you got? What do you got? Come on, Maggie. Take a good one. Oh, wait. No. You, you're the, you almost grabbed it. Try again. Just good one. They're edible. All right. What do you got, buddy? It's some Captain America car refresheners. All right. It's a great gift. You're all jealous. Don't be jealous. It's, it's against the Bible. All right. We're going to read the Great Commission, just so we're all on the same page. The mission, the vision, the Great Commandments, they all end up pointing to the Great Commission. This is the last thing Jesus said before he went up into heaven. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says this, this is Jesus to his disciples, which means this is Jesus to every one of us in this room 
go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And, and be sure of this. I, Jesus, am with all of you always to the end of the age. These are our marching orders as believers in Jesus, as children of God. This is our main thing that we are to, to dedicate our whole life to. Go and make disciples. Make sure to baptize them. Make sure they proclaim their faith and then teach them to obey all the commands that Jesus laid out. And there's 640-ish commands in the Bible, but they all go back to those two. All the commands are rooted in love God and love other people. And if you feel like it's too much for you, if you feel like you can't hack it, if you feel like I don't even know where to start, remember this, Jesus is with you. He's got your back. He'll never let you do it alone. As long as you invite him into the process, he is with you as you go and make disciples even to the end of the age, even when things get bad. And not just in Syria and the Middle East, but right here in America, people start losing their life in their head for their faith. Even then, Jesus is like, I'm with you. I got you. Don't worry. So our marching orders are to make disciples. We're to teach people to obey those two commands of loving God and loving each other. Now, just as kind of a quick review, these last nine to 12 months, has been mostly our teachings and our small groups have all been feeding in to spiritual disciplines. It's kind of personal best practices rooted in scripture on how to know who God is and how to know who he created us to be. And we started that off last fall, August, first week back to school with our Vineyard Initiative teaching series. That's our vocabulary for the seven verbs of discipleship, how to be a, a disciple maker, and that was just learning, like, this is my identity in Christ, and this is how to be a disciple and make one. And if you were here, you know those things. And if you need a reminder, there's banners in the foyer of all the steps, the action steps of a disciple. And then after that, we had our 21 Pilots series, which the, the undercurrent or rather the overarching theme of our 21 Pilots, the Gospel According To series, was all about teaching us how to recognize truth, how to see God everywhere because he's everywhere and to just know man that's that's true and this is a lie this is of the lord and and that's not and so we have learned and we we know how to recognize fact from fiction truth from the enemy's lies and then just this last spring these last two or three months we've been in the sermon series praying the psalms which we just wrapped up last weekend but we know how to recognize truth. We know who we are in Jesus. Now let's learn how to pray our way through those things and ask God to increase those things in us, how to pray scripture. So you guys know who God is, who he created you to be, how to make disciples, how to recognize truth, and how to pray and depend upon God all the way through it. And because we have this solid foundation of Christ and his commands and how to recognize them, we are ready for our next step. School is over, but let's like just enter the summer knowing that we're not done. We're not done here. We have greater things than school to put ourselves to this summer. This summer, we're shifting our focus from just receiving to giving and from just being blessed to going out and being the blessing because God said, go and make disciples. And that might mean you're going all the way to Germany or Africa 
or Uzbekistan, but it can also mean going across the room, going across the street. Go and make disciples. And the first step in making a disciple, if you're like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do, is this, love the Lord and love people. You want to know how to make a disciple? Start loving the people around you. I was at a conference last spring with the leadership team of Woods Edge. Um, We make the decisions that kind of dictate the direction of our church and our vision and all that jazz. We're at this conference where it's all about discipleship, and there was this one kind of breakout session talk by this gentleman named Dave Ferguson. And Dave's church, and he is their pastor, is on the cutting edge, the front lines of making disciples here in America. And they developed some great processes, some great tools that help their people make disciples. And so he's hosting this talk about this very simple tool, and I'm like, I think I need to go to that. And so I went, and I heard a story from Dave that just fascinated me. There's a church in Thailand, and God is just doing a great work in that entire region. And people are coming to faith left and right, but they don't really know how to be or make disciples themselves. And so they're praying about it, and they're considering it, and there's two kind of popular tacks on how to make disciples. Um, There are these competing models, if you will. There's the model where you go and you just um, proselytize, you just preach at people, you just go and say, look, you've been living wrong, but but this way over here is right. Um, You don't know the truth, but but we do. It's this idea of like, I'm going to go into a foreign place and convert everybody to Christianity. And that's, that's very effective. That works. Um, but they also had this other model. They also had this other idea of what, what if we just go and bless people? What if we don't put so much emphasis on we're going to go and tell these people the truth and make them understand if we just go and like, let's just love these people like nobody's ever loved them before. Let's go with the sole focus of in the name of Jesus, how can we pray for you? How can we serve you? How can we help you? We see you exactly where you are, and we don't want to try and fix you. We just want to love you. How can we do that? They couldn't decide between these two models. So they're like, let's do both. So they sent a team of 12, appropriate, to this city over here in Thailand that hadn't been reached yet for the gospel. And then they sent 12 to this city, kind of a sister city in Thailand that also hadn't been reached. These 12 went with the sole focus of, we're going to preach We're going to teach, we're going to proselytize, we're going to evangelize, we're going to tell them the truth. We're going to fix what's going on in their life and help them recognize the the reality of Jesus. All good things. This team over here of 12 went to this city and they're like, we're just going to go love these people ridiculously, foolishly, willing to look stupid in how we serve them and pray for them. 12 months is what they had to see how it worked and how effective both practices were when the team that went to evangelize came back to their sending church and gave a report, they had these two on-fire disciples for Jesus Christ, these two people that they had converted from whatever they had believed to Christianity, to faith in God, and these guys were just like, they could not get enough of Jesus, and they were telling their friends and neighbor, and it went awesome. This team over here that just went to love people came back. They had 50 people that were on fire for Jesus Christ, that could not stop telling their friends and neighbors about God and blessing them the way that they had been blessed. This team went, and they're like, we're gonna go fix a problem. 
we're going to tell these people the truth. And that's great, and that's good, and it can work. These people went, and they're like, we're just going to love everybody we see. And 50 people gave their whole heart and mind to Jesus, and they went and blessed others, and they went, and it just caught on fire. That city is a different city now. Those results speak for themselves. And I was so rocked by that story. And Dave, gleaning some things from that experience and how they blessed them, put together this resource. And he shared about it, and he talked about it, and how effective it is, and how simple it is. And we're going to give you guys that resource today before we leave. So, these two competing models, but the one where they just went to love people where they're at and bless them was so effective. And I want you to know that, like, we are going to give you that tool, but you need to embrace afresh this morning your identity in Jesus that we have been drilling into you all semester. But if, if the drilling hasn't worked, like, just receive it in prayer. In the name of Jesus, I bless every one of you in this room. You are a leader in the kingdom of God, you were created and born to love, to be loved, and to make God's love known. That is why you were born. That is why you exist. Own this calling. Receive that commissioning. You are leaders in the kingdom. You were meant for something far greater than good grades and, and awesome vacations, which I hope you enjoy. But you were meant for more. So this summer, we're going to shift our focus to making disciples by loving and blessing the people around us. Let's give it a definition. What does it mean to bless somebody? Here's two definitions. They really work together. To bless someone means to project good into the life of another. To project good into the life of another. To just go and just like speak words of affirmation or to serve in a way that just makes that person feel good to let them know, I see you and I just want to take care of you. I just want to bless you. I want to give my all to you. But there's the second part when you're talking about a biblical, Jesus-centered blessing, and that is to consecrate or sanctify, to make or pronounce holy. To consecrate or sanctify, which literally means to make or pronounce holy, special, of the Lord, you guys, the distinction between a random act of kindness, which is great, opening the door for somebody, helping somebody with their groceries that's having a hard time, just seeing that your neighbor is too frail to fix their fence and just go do it. Those are awesome. But the difference between just that and then doing it in the name of the Lord is that you are letting that person know, I'm blessing you in the name of the Lord. The reason I'm serving you, praying for you, sharing with you, is because God loves me and I want to love people. And God loves you. Blessing someone is not a random act of kindness. It is an intentional act of kindness whereby we are sharing something holy, spiritual, powerful. There are organizations on this planet that do so much good in the world but they have nothing to do with the Lord. And it's, they're missing an opportunity. They're doing great work but they're missing an opportunity because when you bless someone in the name of the Lord, you are inviting power that we can scarcely imagine. As Christians, when we bless someone, which I know you guys are great at, when we do it without acknowledging, I'm doing this because God loves me and he loves you, we are neglecting our power, we are ignoring our purpose. I did this this week. I know 
I'm talking about this all week. I'm praying about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm asking the Lord to speak to me about it. And he gives me this beautiful opportunity where I take my car that I bought at AutoNation. And my, my, my license plate on the back of the car is rattling. It's not secure enough. And they put that license plate on there. So I'm like, I'll take it back over there and they'll fix it. Because they got to like drill holes into the frame and I don't want to do that, etc. So I go to AutoNation and there's this young man that is working in the service area. And I'm like, I, I, the license plate was installed last week. It's rattling. I don't really know what to do with it. He's like, that's not really my area. You're going to have to make an appointment and all this stuff. And it's like clear this isn't his responsibility. But he's like, let me help you out. He did not have to help me, but he went out of his way and he helped me. And he spent the next 20 minutes fixing my license plate. He had other things to do. And I was blessed. I, I was encouraged by his act of kindness. And when it was over, like that's his job. He gets paid to help people out. So he didn't do anything like way above and beyond, but I just wanted to tip him. I just felt compelled. I, I felt led to give him some money. And so it's kind of like if you work at the ice cream shop and there's no tips involved and somebody's like, thanks for my ice cream. Here's an extra 10 just for you. I wanted to do that for him. And so I wave him over to my car as I'm about to leave and I'm like, are you allowed to get tips? And he goes, uh, I don't know. I've never had one before, but like, I'm just doing my job. So if you wanted to tip me, you could. Like he wasn't asking. And I was like, I do, I want to. I looked him in the eye and I said, I want to give this to you. And then I drove away. And as soon as I'm driving away, I'm like, oh, idiot. I totally, should, like, I could have shared the gospel. I could have given him a prayer card. I could have said, can I pray for you? Like, I could have said, I want to bless you because I've been super blessed. Like, people just came together in the last month in my life and just God used them to give me all this money to give me a new air conditioner. Like, I don't mind giving a little extra cash away. Like, God is awesome and he, he wants you to know. Like, I could have said anything, but I just said, here's 10 bucks, right? It says, in God we trust on the bill. So, right, it's something. But I totally missed that opportunity. I blessed him, but there was no holiness. There was no sanctification. There was no glorifying of the Lord. I just did an act of kindness. And that guy doesn't know, like, when I gave him that money, it was because I felt like God wanted me to do it. And I should have said that. And maybe I'll go back there this week and say that. A proper, effective blessing points people to an awareness of God, which is simply, I'm doing this because I felt like God told me to. Boom, you're done. Like, you did it. You accomplished the bare minimum. An effective blessing points people to the fact that God loves them. Man, why, I don't understand why you're doing this for me. I didn't expect this. This is incredible. God loves you. Jesus loves you. You're his kid. Boom, you're done. Minimum requirement met. A proper, effective blessing is inviting heaven into your circumstance. You know, uh, this is such a simple thing for me to help you paint your house, but like one day we're gonna be dead and in heaven and like I just, I wanted to use today to bless somebody the way that I've been blessed. You, you wanna, can I tell you more about that? Boom, minimum requirement met. Why do we bless people? I'm gonna read you a passage from Matthew chapter 16, 13 through 19. This is Jesus to his disciples, Right? And he has not come out and said, like, I am the son of God. But he's been with these guys day after day, month after month, year after year, and he's been serving, and they've seen him, and they're like, there's something different about this guy. Matthew 16, 13 through 19, Jesus says to his disciples, guys, who do people say that I am? And the disciples say, well, some say that you're John the Baptist, like reincarnated. Some say that you're Elijah, the prophet of old, come back. Some say you're Jeremiah, 
They're, they're like given a worldly answer. They're like, yeah, you're, you're a reincarnated person or something. Like, not, not the son of God. That's who people say you are. You're just this really awesome dude. And Jesus says, okay, what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter, it's like, I, I can see him just like not even being able to wait. He's like, you are the anointed one. You are the son of the living God. Boom. He just took a normal conversation and took it to a whole nother level. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus says, Simon, because that was his name, son of Jonah, your knowledge is a mark of blessing. For you did not learn this truth from your friends or from teachers or from sages that you've met along the way. You learned it from my Father in heaven. And that is why I have called you now Peter, which means rock. For on this rock, I will build my church. And this church will reign triumphant, even at the gates of hell. Peter, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And now whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The rock, why Jesus called Peter the rock, was a mark of you have faith. You have faith in Jesus. You have acknowledged God here and now, and that's called faith. You're believing something that you can't see, and upon that rock, I will build my church. Jesus has built his church on our faith, on our believing that there's more going on here than meets the eye, and we're not going to settle for just taking care of people and saying, good luck, have a nice day, but saying, Jesus is real. Jesus loves you. Jesus is the, the son of the living God. And God blesses that, as it's said in the scripture. God blesses faith. The Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. It says, by Peter's faithful confession that Jesus is the son of God, the foundation of the church was laid. And in the days ahead, the church would storm the gates of hell and nothing could stop it. Not darkness, not doubt, not deception, not even death can stop God's love. The moment that any of you, all of you, placed your faith in Jesus, and if you never have, you can do it right now, just saying, God, I think, the, I think there's more going on in the world than I could see. I think the world, I think my family has more to offer than I can handle. Like it's just, life is hard. I need a savior. I need a savior. Jesus, I believe it's you. I believe you're the son of the living God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins so that I could have a right relationship with God. If you have ever confessed that in prayer by faith, you're saved. And the minute that we confess it, not a year later, not after extensive training, the second we confess our faith in Jesus Christ, it says we are given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What does that mean? It means the second that we put our faith in Jesus, our prayers matter. And our blessings make a difference. Because God is saying, when you unleash a blessing on this person right here, like heaven is moving through it and stuff's happening. When you pray for someone over here 
That's you unlocking something in them on my behalf in the name of Jesus and power is moving through that prayer. It's like Carla and her example of her friend that she's been praying for. She hasn't been doing all kinds of stuff. She's been praying by faith in the name of Jesus for her friend and God witnessed to her and showed up in her bedroom in the middle of the night and said like, it's on, I'm real, let's do this. And that young lady has given her whole life to Jesus Christ all on account of prayers said in faith in the name of Jesus. That's the kind of power we have access to. God uses your prayers, your blessings, your intentional acts of service to remove people's doubts that, that this is all life has to offer. He uses our prayers and blessings to destroy the lies of the enemy, to vanquish darkness in hearts and minds, to drive back demons, and to defy death. With those visuals in mind, I want to give you guys a picture of what takes place in the spiritual realm. This simple act of love and service, this way that this one person sought to bless others caused the, the gates of hell to just be destroyed, the work of the enemy to be vanquished in a heartbeat. That kind of power is in every single one of us by our prayers and our desire to, our, our acting on the desire to bless the people around us. Love is the greatest thing. It's the most powerful thing in the entire universe. And Jesus said in John 15, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. When we, by faith, put other people first in the name of Jesus, God uses that blessing to drive back demons and vanquish darkness, to remove doubt, to destroy deception. Who do you know? Who don't you know that's not believing a lie right now? You want to help them? Bless them in the name of the Lord. Pray for them in the name of the Lord. Who do you know that doesn't have just some nasty stuff in their life? You, you might not even know what it is, but you're like, they're different, man. That's, they're wrestling. You have the power. God will use you stepping out in faith in the name of Jesus to bless them to drive back hell, which is attacking them. You have the spirit of God in you if you have placed your faith in Jesus, which means you've got that kind of power. I want you, the next time you pray for somebody or bless them, just picture this, because that's what's going on in the spiritual realm when we pray for and bless others in the name of Jesus. So this summer, we're focusing on blessing others, and I want you to expect that God is gonna do some incredible giant things through simple acts of service. So we have our bless cards up here on the speakers and in the back where the communion thing is and you guys can grab one or five before you leave here today is five simple steps on the back of this card. We're gonna call them our five I will statements for this summer. And we're just gonna cruise through them just so you have a better understanding of what they represent. But bless in this card is an acronym and B starts with begin. Be I will begin my day by praying for the people that I'll see and the places that I'll go. What does that look like for us this summer? If you know that you're going to see Meredith today, start your day when you get up by just saying, God, would you bless my time with Meredith? Would you give me an opportunity to share with her? Would you 
creates some sort of circumstance or environment where like something awesome can happen. Like, I don't know how to manifest that, but I just pray, Jesus, that you would bless our meeting today. Boom, you're done. God, I'm gonna be serving the orphans at the orphanage and I don't really know how to like do that or like how to, I don't even know what to pray. Would you bless my time with them? Would you bless them? Boom, you're done. You've just invited heaven into this future moment that day. If you know where you're going that day, if you know people you're gonna be seeing, pray for them the minute you wake up. Just begin your day with prayer and watch how God will use it. When we were on our first trip for this leadership trip in the mountains where many of you are going for Colorado this summer, our first one of those, half the time is spent in the mountains backpacking and learning leadership skills. The other half is spent serving the local community or doing an act of service in the name of Jesus. And we were halfway through the service portion of our first trip where we were doing that. And it was great and it was good, but it was lacking power. And so we decided halfway through, instead of listening to the radio on the way down the mountain to go and serve, let's pray for the people we're going to serve. It is that simple. And boom, shotgun prayer was birthed. And the minute that we started doing that, those encounters where we went to serve that day were completely different. Supernatural stuff started happening. Things we couldn't take credit for were going on. People we were going to serve were asking us about Jesus instead of us trying to figure out how to bring him up. Prayer changes everything. God uses it to bless people. So if you know you're going to do something that day or see somebody that day and you're like, I'm not sure, just pray about it. God, bless my meeting with so-and-so. Boom, you're done. The L stands for listen. We as Christians, kind of like the the evangelizing, proselytizing, we're right, you're wrong kind of mentality, we are great and really known at talking a lot. Let me tell you all about, I know about the Bible. Let me tell you about lamentations and what it means in the Greek. And all of that is great and good. But we should be more known as listeners. We should become experts at listening to the people that we talk to. How do you feel? When you sit down with somebody and they really listen to you, you feel known, you feel good. It drives away the darkness of that feeling you have that nobody cares what I have to say and I feel invisible. Let's look people in the eye when we talk to them this summer. Let's listen to them and let's listen to them with intentionality of I'm tuning my ear for an opportunity to talk about Jesus, to see how I can serve this person, to see how I can pray for them. Let's listen to people because God blesses us when we listen and he blesses the people we, we listen to. If you don't know how to share the gospel with somebody or how to serve them in the name of the Lord, listen. Think of a doctor, right? He's got a stethoscope and he goes up to his patient and he's putting it here and here and here and then he's like, oh, there's the problem. He's got something wrong with his lungs, right? I can hear it. You need to take some medicine. So, That doctor uses that stethoscope to listen of, how can I help my patient? Use your ears and listen to people. They will tell you how you can take care of them and serve them. E, eat. Anybody in here not eat? No, you all eat. You're a liar, Jeff Duty. You guys, use your meals. We eat three times a day, 21 times a week, 90 times a month at minimum. Let's be intentional this summer in using our meals. Let's invite people to eat with us. Man, don't just go to Sonic alone. Invite somebody to meet you there and listen to them and pray for them before they arrive and ask the Lord, would you use this time 
over you know, this awesome cherry limeade to give me an opportunity to talk to them about what I heard at church or an opportunity to pray for them. Like, let's be intentional with our meals. And you know, when you sit down to eat, it's just easier to talk. Conversation flows. People are relaxed. You got a distraction if you need one. And like, go somewhere good. Eat some yummy food this summer. But let's be intentional with our meals. Let's make it a point that anytime we're eating with somebody, like we are the initiators of, can I pray for our food? And is there anything I can pray for you? Do you know how wonderful it is and how awesome it makes people feel when I go to a restaurant and I ask the server, we're about to pray for our food. Is there anything I can pray for you? Never once has somebody been like, no, freak. No, weirdo. No, I don't believe. They are always moved. They are always receptive. It is so special when you are inviting heaven into a moment saying, I'm about to talk to God. Is there anything I can talk to him about with you? And boom, they just open up. I mean, I've had servers just cry. They can't even get the words out. Nobody's ever asked me that. Let's be intentional with our meals this summer because eating together and listening blesses people in the name of, the G- of Jesus. The first S, serve. I will, we will serve the needs of others and offer to help them in practical ways. How many times have you heard somebody share like, man, this is going on. This person in my life died and you're like, sorry, Like, offer to do something, you know? Make them a meal if they lost somebody. Offer to just sit with them. You don't have to know what to say. Just comfort them. Um, Man, I can't come and hang out with you right now. I got to mow my yard. Let me help. I'll bring my mower. Where's the weed eater? You got to do chores? I'll do them with you. Let's serve people this summer. And let's let them know, you know, I'm I'm doing this because I felt like God wanted me to. I'm doing this because Jesus has done so much for me. I'm doing this because, man, he loves you and I love you and like, love. Let's serve people in the name of the Lord this summer. Let's not just hear a need and nod. Let's hear a need and act on it because serving people blesses people. And finally, share. Now, this can take place through all of the others, but if you've prayed for somebody and then you've listened to their story and if you've had a meal with them and if you've served them, You have every right to talk to them about Jesus, to tell them about your experience with God or what you heard at church or what you read in the Bible. You have paid the relational rent. You guys know why your small group leaders are so effective? It's because they have loved you where you're at. They have listened to you. And so they have a right to talk to you about deeper things and to point you to the Lord. You have the same right with the people in your life. Pay the relational rent. Love them where they're at. And then make sure they know, I'm here, I love you, because God loves me. This thing you're wrestling with, I wrestled with that last year. This is how I got set free. This is how God moved for me. Share your story. And if you've been praying for them ahead of time, expect that God is going to use it. Expect that he's going to do something profound and awesome. And that's it. That's it. Just let's be the blessing this summer. These five simple things. You can do one a day, one a week, all of them every day. But if we do these things, we are going to see some things. This is going to be a different summer than any other you've ever witnessed. So I'll give you a couple brief things as the band comes up and takes the stage. Um, I was given this resource by that guy, Dave Ferguson. Um, This is a proven tool. It's not just something that he came up with. He made this a couple years ago introduced it to his church. Everybody at the church got this little card and they said, let's, everybody, 
Everybody in the room, let's focus on this all year, right? So he did that. 76% of the congregation, after engaging in this tool, went from just coming on Sundays to coming on Sundays and being in a ministry, coming on Sundays and being in a small group. That's where life change happens. It changed the way people viewed church and their Christian community. 76% of them are now in small groups and it's being accountable. That in itself is huge. But the cool thing is 100% of the people in those groups were doing these steps, these simple ways to bless every single day. That's revival. That's what Woods Edge has been praying for for years. And I've shared this with you before, but you know that the revival that our church, your church, has been praying for. There's a prophetic word out there. It's been out there for years. The revival Woods Edge has been praying for is gonna start where? Student ministry. Here, this room, you in your seat. This is where God wants to start the revival that we've been praying for and waiting for. This, put into action, could totally be the spark that we've been waiting for. And I'll say something about this. If we do this this summer, and God blesses it, which he will if we do it. Jeff, Pastor Jeff over Big Church has said, if that tool works, if you can prove it with the students, if they walk it out and see change, I will give this tool to the entire congregation of 3,000. And I will challenge them the way that you challenge the students. And we will press into this the way that you're going to. If we can prove that this works, if we can just love people where they're at, we have the power to change the entire church. Dave said that studies have been done. If you can change, like real change, 10% of an organization, 100% of the organization will change. Do you know what percentage the student ministry is of the main body? Exactly 10%. If we can do this, it will change the whole, ch it will change the whole church. You can do these things. You already do so many of them, but let's just do them by faith in the name of Jesus. I know you guys can do this. We're going to pray about these things, and we're going to ask the Lord to go ahead and give us some names of who we can start with, but I just want to encourage you real fast. You have already started this, whether you know it or not. Last October, we challenged you to raise money for villagers in Malawi who had come to Jesus, but they had no Bibles, and they can't read. So we got in touch with the organization Faith Comes By Hearing and said, you guys make these audio Bibles and you can put whatever language we want on them. We want to buy some from you to send to these villages in Africa so they can learn about the gospel. And we set a target in front of ourselves of about $8,000. You guys raised $26,000 in one month. Your own money. This wasn't my money, this was you. You did that just to bless these people. And that made enough money for us to purchase 326 proclaimers. And every single one of those proclaimers will be used to witness to a village of 200. Do the math. Just giant implications. So you raised 26 grand, enough to purchase 326 proclaimers. Do you know that the people that make the proclaimers, upon hearing that in such a short amount of time, students raised that much money, they gave us the proclaimers half off. So instead of 326 proclaimers, now it's 652. And what I want to encourage you with is that 93 of the proclaimers hit the ground last month and are already being used right now today because of your act of faith, because of you wanting to bless. 
These are the names of the chiefs in Malawi that personally signed and received these proclaimers. And they're now, they themselves are learning the gospel like never before and teaching the Bible like never before. These names you impacted because you said by faith, these people need this money more than me. God gave me so much, I'm gonna give a little. Imagine the impact with that exact same attitude, how you can minister to change your street, your community, your church. This was so easy for us. And this will be so easy for us. Let's just do it. Let's pray right now and ask God to bless us and grab your pen and paper because I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Jesus, we believe, we know you are good. You move in power. You are already doing things this morning. We can't even comprehend, but the spiritual forces are moving. Your angels, your messengers are on the fly, and the enemy is shuddering. Hell can't stand against you. Hell can't stand against your people when they stand up in faith and say, let's go love people. Let's go make disciples. We are saying that to you this morning. Bless us, Jesus, so that we can bless others in the name of Jesus. Right now, we want to ask you, we, just want to, we don't want to leave this room without um, a real specific mission. But Jesus, right now, who can I begin praying for today? Ask the Lord that question, students, and if you get a name or five, just write them down. Who can I begin praying for today? Write down those names. The second question, maybe it's the same person, but ask the Lord, who do I know that just needs a listening ear today? Who do I know that's having a tough time that I could just go and sit and say, share with me, talk with me. I'm here just to listen to you. Ask the Lord for someone like that that you can just listen to, not fix, just sit with. Lord, who can I have an intentional meal with this week? Who can I invite to go and get a bite to eat and just do life with? Help me stay off my phone and not be distracted, but let me just, give me somebody I can sit and just look in the eye and say, tell me how life is going. Let's go get a bite. Lord, we, every one of us knows somebody that could just, could use some help, that could be served. Bring someone, bring some people, bring a group to mind that we can serve this week. Just something tangible where we can come alongside them and bless them with an intentional, Jesus-centered act of faith, act of service. Last question, Jesus, who would you have me share with, talk to with about you? I can share a little bit of my story with them. I could share something I've read in the Bible or heard at church, but would you give me someone, Lord, that I can just say, man, God loves you. Lord, we're gonna stand up here in a second and we're gonna spread out around the room. We have our offering as a way to respond. We have communion as a way to respond. We have worship, but Lord, I feel like this morning you want us to gather in groups around the room and just ask you in advance to bless us, not Justin's prayer, not even necessarily our prayer, but yours. Would you just divinely appoint pockets in this room where we can gather together and ask you in advance, bless us as we go out and bless. Lord, thank you. You make it 
easy. You make it simple. We have the will. Show us the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.